So I want to do a quick take on this episode of the NBA Cypher and ask this question. Is Giannis overrated or is he a transcendent player that would be dominant in any era? Let's get into it on the NBA Cypher. Former New York Nick Charles Oakley appearing on the Slam Magazine's No Pump Fakes podcast was having a discussion with the host about Giannis. And Oakley at first started out giving Giannis a compliment saying he liked the way that Giannis wasn't buddy-buddy, wasn't friends with everybody, that he was old school. He was all about competing, all about that work. That was the good part. The bad part is he followed up saying, yes, he did his thing. He impressed me with what he did last year, but he wouldn't be a force in the 90s and that he'd be coming off the bench in the 90s. Look, Charles Oakley is known to be outspoken and to speak his mind, whether you agree or disagree. Let me start this off real early, real quick. Giannis is not coming off anybody's bench in the 90s. Now, would he dominate? Would he be a force in the 90s? I'll say this, truly transcendent players, the ones that when we look at, we know, hand them a basketball, put them in any situation, and they're going to find a way. Point blank, period. Whereas, I like what Isaiah Thomas said. I don't agree with it to that extreme. Isaiah Thomas, the great Isaiah Thomas, former Detroit Pistons, Hall of Famer, Finals MVP, member of the 75th anniversary team, Isaiah Thomas said in response to Charles Oakley that Giannis would dominate in any era. We've never seen a guy like this before. I'm in the middle on this because I think that most of the times when you have debates like this in regards to different eras and players from different eras, there are always extremes. And usually the, the extremes are they would do great. They would dominate. Nobody could guard them. And that's it. Or there's no way they could play in this era. They're too slow. They can't shoot. Bottom line, there's never a middle ground. I'm actually in the middle on this. One, yes, Giannis would play well in the 90s. I think he would be a star in the 90s. I don't know if he would dominate. Because of how physical the game was, how it was played, I'm just looking at his skill set and what he does best versus how the game was played then. I think Giannis would still be a star. Would he be a superstar? Would he be a two-time MVP? I have no idea. What I do know is the only player that I could really compare to him from that era would be Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq was at least 40 or 50 pounds bigger than Giannis and Shaq was able to deal with the way the game was called. But again, with that size, I look at Giannis and I've always said this. I know they play him at four, but he's essentially a center. He is a center. I've always said that I will ride with that. That's what Giannis is. He's a unique center because most centers can't handle the rock in the open floor like that. Now, granted, you'll see him bead, bring it up from time to time, but I mean, the way Giannis goes coast to coast, even the Joker who handles the ball for the Nuggets and they run their offense through him doesn't really handle the ball the way Giannis does in the open floor. He is unique in that sense. So would he be Shaq-like in the 90s? 
maybe not quite as dominant as Shaq was, but still, I'm talking about instead of averaging 28 or 30 a game, maybe averaging 25 a game and still putting up the rebound numbers. I think that Giannis is a transcendent talent that would find a way to be productive, to be a star in that era, in any era. Sure, he has his flaws. He can't shoot, but he's developing. That's the great thing about him. He's still developing his game. He's added a nice 10 to 12 foot fadeaway jump shot. I like that. And even though he's still not a good three-point shooter, you can't be afraid to take threes, and he isn't. And if he shoots 75 to 80% from the foul line, you're in trouble because the man's going to get to the line 12 times a game. Not to mention his impact on a game defensively. I'm looking at a guy that every year he's been in the NBA, he just improves. From his rookie year, he averaged seven points a game till right now, this current season, 29 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, 54% from the free, from the foul, not the foul line, (laughs) field goal percentage, 73 from the foul line. That's great. When you attack the way he does, when you get fouled the way he does, if he's going to shoot 70% or better, you're going to have problems. But look at, look at this second year, 12 points a game. Third year, 17 points a game. Fourth year, 23 points a game. 26 points a game. 27 points a game. He has gotten better. His overall skill set has gotten better every year that he's been in the NBA. I'm looking at the Sixers and the Lakers, and it really is the tale of two cities. The Lakers are ninth in the West, 27 and 34. There's just a struggle every night when you watch this team play. No identity. They're a middle-of-the-pack defensive team statistically, but watch them on a nightly basis, and they're a god-awful defensive team. And it starts at the perimeter, and it starts with their best player. Yes, LeBron is averaging 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, over a steal a game, a block a game. 52% 52% from the field, 35 from three. Statistically, he is having an MVP caliber season. But to watch the Lakers play, eye test, what you actually see, he is one of the worst defenders on the team. And it is a team full of terrible defenders. Too often, LeBron straight quits on plays defensively. And he's not the only one. And I don't know if we can blame that all on Frank Vogel, but if you're the coach, you have a role in this. The Los Angeles Lakers, this team, whether you agree with the construction or not, was not built to barely make in the play-in game. When you have four of the top 75 players that ever played the game, and you can say, yes, Melo and Russ aren't what they were in their prime, but LeBron is still playing at a high level. Anthony Davis is at the edge of his prime, and there has been injuries. But what has been constant is you've either had LeBron and Russ or Russ and AD. You still had two of the 75 greatest on the floor. Don't give me fit. Don't give me excuses. Give me productions. Find a way to make it work. This team actually has capable role players offensively and they do have some young bodies when you look at Malik Monk 
Taylor Horton Tucker, Austin Reeves, and Stanley Johnson. The problem is they lack consistency. And again, no identity. Going forward, because we're living in the now. And I was gonna do, I was gonna do a show about guys that were on expiring deals, pre-agency, guys that were were restricted free agents. I was gonna get into all that, but you know what? I'm gonna put that off until the very end of the season because we need to deal in the now. And in the now, this Lakers team, it's just a bad team. And I don't care what your numbers say because on every bad team, somebody's your leading scorer. Somebody's putting up numbers, but they're putting them up for a bad team. So I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm going to get caught up with what I actually see on the floor. And if you're a fan, you are seeing a bad product go out there on the floor. And there are times when this team, they don't just play bad. They don't give the effort required to compete. Versus a team like the Sixers, who there's nothing but optimism in Philadelphia right now. The Sixers are 38 and 23, and they just acquired James Harden. And in the three games that he has been a member of the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden is averaging 27 points, nine rebounds, 12 assists, and a steal a game, shooting 59% from the field, 50% from three which gives him a crazy effective field goal percentage of 71%. The combination of Harden along with MVP candidate Joel Embiid, and to me, the third guy that has stepped up as the third part to this this trio, their own big three, if you will, is 21-year-old Terrence Maxey. I love Maxey's game. He is in attack mode at all times. 17 points a game, just under five assists, 48% from the field, 40 from three. He seems to be getting better as the season goes on. So you put Maxi with Harden and Embiid, and then you have your fourth guy, someone who's always solid, rock solid, and get, can get you numbers. That's Tobias Harris. Philly has a devastating starting five. If they have a weakness, you wonder what happens when they go to their bench. And with Harden in the lineup, will their defense suffer? It, I don't think you're going to see the impact of that in the regular season. It obviously manifests itself more. Your flaws are amplified in the playoffs. But right now, when you look at Philly, when you look at Embiid and Harden, this duo, it's the best duo in basketball right now. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Cypher. I'm going to leave you guys with this question. What type of player would former New York Knicks Allen Houston be in today's NBA? It's the NBA Cypher. Next time.